Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Grutnablink. I'm the creator of Apples and Genos and originator of the Zero G Draft Strategy. And in this podcast, Blake and I are going to give you all the best streamers and ad options for the next two weeks so you can start planning early. Let's get it. Now, of course, I have your friend and my absolute best friend in the entire world, Blake Creamer, here with me. Blake, how are we feeling tonight? Oh, my God. You know how I'm feeling after that, buddy. Damn. All right. We're, we're together on this. Nate and I are tight. We've been tight for about a year. All right. That's, that's where we're at. I feel like I've known him my whole life. Yeah, I, I lost it there, but that's fine, <laughs> uh, buddy. Um, you know, everybody, Nate and I are playing each other this week head to head. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a barn burner at the start, but I've kind of started to take uh, take over here, Nate. I don't know. How are you feeling about our matchup this week, my man? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, <laughs> this is in the Experts League uh, that I won last year. Did trade a few draft picks, so I was digging myself out from a bit of a hole to start the year. And I'm middling. Uh, your team is solid, solid. Like you're definitely one of the contenders. We actually pulled off a trade this week, uh, Blake. So maybe we should tell the people what yeah, yeah. the trade was. Uh, so it's a keep three, and you traded me a fifth round pick. So it'll be like the second round of the actual draft after the keepers. Um, you trade me a fifth round pick and Thomas Hurdle for Mika Zibanejad, and I think it was like a 14th or something, one of the later rounds that I traded back to keep the picks even. But uh, yeah, we made a big deal, and now you're uh, getting all of Zibanejad's points, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, all of his donuts. Buddy, <laughs> what are you doing? Come on. I, I vouched for you, Zibby, and this is how you repay me? All right. He's probably out somewhere DJing or something. Hey, fun boys, get to the room. It's DJ Zibby. Um, <laughs> no, buddy, we got a hockey game to play, all right? Get a haircut and get a real job. Oh, God, I don't know. No, I'm on Team Zibby all the way. I think he's going to take me to the chip. So thank you for your service, Nate. All right. Well, let's not delay any further. Let's get into some newsies. Newsies. We got to talk about it. We got some stuff going on, popping off as usual. I'll just rip right through. All right. So tonight's game here, the Kings game, Quinton Byfield did miss that with an illness. So check back. They play again on Sunday. So you're going to have to check his status pre-game there. That's nice. Uh, how about the Avalanche here signing uh, that you know, amazing scoring machine, Zach Parise. Oh, my God. Um, so they, they signed Zach Parise. And, Nate, I, I kind of wanted to get your take on this. Do you have any kind of feel uh, for Zach Parise, Giggity? Um, you, you know what's going on with this player? And where do you think he's going to stack up with the, the abs there? I mean, I don't really have a strong take on Zach Parise. It'll be interesting to see where he fits in the lineup. But the abs have never had a ton of depth, so it does kind of make sense for them to try to pick up some depth. I mean, Parise's been a reasonable player as recently as last season with the Islanders, at least in terms of some offensive numbers that he was able to put up. Like he put up 8.2 shots per 60 last year, averaging 16 minutes a night. 
9.3 individual scoring chances for per 60 like he had some solid underlying numbers so um i don't see any reason why he couldn't get at least middle six minutes there and uh provide some return but i don't know if they're gonna just like drop him on the top power play right away or anything because that's ross colton's spot now that's right, buddy. Don't even think about taking cameo spot. All right. This is Zach Parise, you're going straight to the fourth line. All right. He's they needed a water boy and he's right here. All right. But yeah, you know what? This guy's 39. He's from my generation, Nate. This is amazing. Um, you know, but he, he looks pretty young. I don't know. He's, I don't know where I'm going with this. Zach Parise is very attractive, man. Let's agree on that. But he did sign with the Colorado Avalanche. So that'll be interesting uh, where he lines up. Like if he gets any minutes at all, like 20 goals, that's that's no joke, right? I mean, this guy can probably do stuff, probably be a streamer at some point for you this season for the abs. All right, let's move over to Philly. They're quite the Phillies. Um, Owen Tippett, just the Tippett. Um, he signed an extension. Oh, God, that whole sentence is not where I'm – yeah, I it kind of worked, but anyways. Uh, yeah, Owen Tippett signed an extension with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, just pulling up the numbers here because I'm not prepared. Eight years, $6.2 million. That's a, that's a pretty nice contract. I think a very reasonable contract for a player of this caliber if they're going to give him the deployment, right? And Nate and I were talking about a little bit offline here. Like, yeah, his, his, his minutes are all over the shop. I mean, Torts is going to tort. He's doing his thing. Like 20 minutes one night, 14 another night. So make up your mind, buddy. We're invested into this guy. So I really hope they give Owen Tippett some burn because this guy's a shot monster. He's ridiculous. Like that spinorama backhand goal he got the other night, that was ludicrous, man. Like, what the hell? Um, and he, yeah, he's he's capable of that. This is a very good offensive player. So it's it's a it's a great signing there for Philly. So, anyways, nice work there. Move over to Carolina. Nothing could be finer. And especially when Piotr Kochetkov is activated off the IR, that is good news, right? And this guy could be an option for their next game, right? And I, I do think that this is bad news for uh Auntie Ranta. All right. Hey Auntie Ranta, how you doing? Would you like a cookie, son? Yes, I would, Auntie Ranta. Um, that just reminds me of when I was growing up, I had to call all my aunts, auntie. So it was auntie Ruth, auntie Beth, auntie. Mm. Like, do you ever notice that there's like old people names like Enid? <laughs> like, have you ever met a young person named Enid? I can't say that I have. No. What about Nancy? Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever met a young Nancy? I think you're uh, delving back into your eighties knowledge here, Blake. Okay. All right. I lost it. Uh, that, that's fine. But anyways, <laughs> bad news for Andy Ranta. Um, I do think that Kochekov's going to get the starts there. That's my two cents, but Ranta has done okay in his stead. So I think both goalies are probably, you know, it's rosterable until somebody takes the reins. That's my two cents there. Uh, and then sticking with Carolina, RBA uh, did, they gave us no update on Sveshnikov, which is really frustrating because um, Brendan Moore did say that he was hopeful he could get into some game ap action prior to the All-Star game. But, I mean, we haven't heard anything. So I, I would absolutely expect him to be out until after. I think that's the right thing to do. So sorry, Sveshnikov owners. I do have him in one spot. Uh, are you rostering this unit uh, anywhere, Nate? I'm not, actually. Yeah, so... No change for me, but uh, yeah, obviously we need him back in the lineup. We need to see that. Life goes on for NGN. All right, let's move on. Uh, Dingus McGee, a.k.a. Brendan Gallagher, gets suspended for five games for a bonehead play, elbow to uh, Adam Pellick. I don't understand what the thinking was on that play. So yeah, he's out for five games. Not really relevant for fantasy, but he's weirdly good in his metrics, isn't he, Nate? 
Yeah, this is one of those players that really shows out, especially in like high danger chances for him. It's one of the reasons that I don't reference high danger chances so much is because they players like Gallagher just like pop off the page in those metrics and they don't necessarily convert on many of those chances. So uh, yeah, Gallagher is an interesting player just in terms of the advanced metrics. Definitely has not been fantasy relevant for a hot minute now. Yeah, exactly. They aren't high danger chances for anymore. They're Brendan Gallagher chances for, all right? BGCF. Are you with me on this, Nate? All right. I'll change okay. the acronym. Okay, we're making a change. Also, we're again, we're trialing chucking pucks over here. So again, hit us out in the, you know, the YouTube comments, the Discord, right? Chucking pucks? I don't know. It's it's not sounding as good as it did last week. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to stick with apples and genos or some other type of fruit. I don't know, pineapples. That I don't know um let's move on i'm digressing a lot here um in toronto maple leafs news sheldon keith hinted at making changes to the leafs number one power play after a one for 20 stint in their their power play here in the last eight games yuck what the hell's going on over there nate um and do you have any kind of finger on the pulse of what keith might do with the power play if they're going to change it uh, i don't personally usually the first thing to change is riley at the top um on defense uh, just because it's the easiest, like everybody else is getting paid millions yeah, and millions of dollars. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, if they are going to make changes, then maybe they try to split units and do that kind of terrible thing for a while. That's a worst case scenario for sure for everybody involved. Uh, but honestly, it wouldn't surprise me with how things have gone lately. Who do you think would, would quarterback there? Would be Lilgren? Probably Lilgren, yeah. Uh, he's kind of been the second up guy in most of those cases. Okay, cool. Well, something to keep an eye on anyway. Hopefully Toronto's power play just pops the hell off next game and we don't have to talk about this ever again. Um, they're bringing uh, the Klingon back out of retirement. He's going to he's gonna wobble his way out there and, and do stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, and sticking with the Leafs, Cal Yarncroft is injured. Uh, it's unknown severity. So um, yeah, keep your eyes out there. If you're a big Yarncroft roster, uh, you know, he's going to be out for a little bit potentially. Uh, Matthew Nyes is on the top line there with Matthews and Marners. Is that still the case, Nate? I believe so. Yeah, I didn't actually collect the lines from the last game, so I believe it's not. It's yep. been nice, like pretty much every single time. Yeah, it was nice, um, but unfortunately, nice is one of those players who like looks good. He's a total eye test player. He looks good every time you see him, and then you get to the end of the night and you're like, he tried to put two shots on net and he didn't get either to the net and you're just left wondering um you know young player obviously so maybe he figures it out in years to come but definitely has not had a terrific season by any stretch yeah fair enough all right uh over to the jets mark shifley hi mark uh we won't be seeing mark next saturday's game or this saturday's game he's out with a lower body injury that's been confirmed by rick bone I was going to say bonehead. I I can't talk Yang on Rick Bonus anymore. Uh, you know, so there you go. He's Rick Bonus uh, from this moment forward. Um, so Mark Shifley will not be in the game. Gabe Velarde and Josh Morrissey, both game time decisions, but they both basically said that they are going to play. So just check check the lineups prior to game, but I think they should both be in. Uh, Morrissey took one in the beans. Oh, no, buddy. Ah, that's... That just sounds so horrible. I remember Sammy Sallow used to play for the Canucks, and and yeah, he ruptured a testicle. I mean, you know, that's I don't, I don't even know how much more we need to say about that. Yeah, yeah, let's move yeah. on. Yeah, I, I wish I didn't <laughs> say the words ruptured and testicle in the same sentence. All right, that that doesn't make sense. Let's move on. Um, so with these guys out, I mean, you know, look for a bunch of uh, boatload of deployment from Adam Lowry and Mike Lowry and Kyle Connor. 
Alex, I follow basically everybody but Nick Ehlers. All right. That's probably what we're looking at, uh, you know, unless there's any justice in the world. So yeah, shout out to Nikolai Ehlers. All right. Um, Philip Hedel with the Unoric Rangers um, came back from Czechia and he was doing some work in New York. Things were kind of looking good. It was the first little step in his recovery from his injury and unfortunately he suffered a setback. Uh, had to do with previous concussions that he's had as well. So that's not good. Don't expect him back anytime soon. Um, that would have been a nice piece for the Rangers to try and get him back prior to the trade deadline. So I could see them kind of going out and maybe looking for a 3C um, if they're not going to get Hedo uh, back anytime soon. Uh, we also had a couple studs return to the back end. Giggity, Zakarensky and Miro Heiskinen both back. Both got points in their returns. Big minutes for both as well. So get them back in your lineups. I love that. Zakarensky, I'm excited about this player. I, you know, he comes back off injury and, and plays like 26 minutes. I love that. So um, that that guy's must roster. I think he's still only like 59% roster or something like that. So if anybody's sleeping in your league, you got to go pick this guy up ASAP. Okay. Um, Corey Perry. Oh God. Signs with the Oilers. Do we care, Nate? Do we care about Corey Perry on the Oilers? Uh, we do not until he's on a line attached to dry side, dry and or McDavid and or on the top power play. We did not care about Corey Perry. Um, yeah, he's going to get like what? 15 seconds of power play time on the second unit there. I'm not interested. Just, he better not take down any stock on my man, McLovin. All right. Warren Fogle. We don't want Perry. We want McLovin. All right. Get Corey Perry that weasel faced arse out of here. All right. That would be uh, uh, that would be worth you know that would be worth reckoning though like if there was a a situation where Corey Perry got some exposure to Warren McLovin Fogle, uh, then we would have to sit up and take note because you know hundred point pace incoming. Buddy, you, you know what? We're speaking the same language. Uh, anybody who gets <laughs> you know Warren Fogle, you just get on the man's line, set it, and forget it. This guy's a unit. We know this. All right. Uh, in St. Louis, the last little bit. We'll get to the get to business here. Justin Falk is out with an undisclosed injury and Scott Perunovic is the one getting power play one there in St. Louis with Tori Krug on power play two. So just for your information, I think Perunovic did get a power play assist tonight as well. So far, uh, the game's still ongoing while we're recording. So I don't know, little feather in your cap, keep that in the back burner. I'm not super stoked on Perunovic at this point until he shows out a little bit more, but that's it. Let's get into this week. It's a weird one. We got to hear from Nate Groot Niblick. What do you got? Right. So upcoming, we do have a two week matchup in most scenarios because of the All-Star game. There are not many games in the next week here. And then we have still a pretty light complement of games the following week. So uh, for this upcoming week, starting on January 29th on the Monday, we have one game on the Monday, two games on the Tuesday, and three games on the Wednesday. And then we have nothing for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday as the league conducts the All-Star game and all the activities around it. Then we get back to business on the following Monday, uh, which I believe I probably should have pulled up my calendar before I started talking about this. But that Monday is February 5th. We have two games, Tuesday eight games, Wednesday three games, Thursday seven games, Friday three games, Saturday at 13 games is the heavy night, and Sunday just two games. So Tuesday, Thursday there of the second week are still off nights, so still easy to stream from there. In total, between the two weeks of play here, we have only 44 games played, so it's a very light week, uh, even given that there's... Uh, yeah, I guess 10 days instead of 7 days to fit games into. Uh, it's just very light overall. 
So we'll take a look. We'll kind of break this up a little bit, right? You're going to probably have some before All-Star Game and after All-Star Game kind of streams. So we have nine teams playing next week in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games, those six total games. Next week, we have Anaheim, Columbus, Detroit, Los Angeles, Nashville, Ottawa, San Jose, Seattle, and St. Louis. Of those nine teams, three of them play twice next week. So Nashville, Ottawa, and San Jose are your primary targets if you're looking to get a leg up on the competition for early next week. So of those three teams, San Jose plays zero games in the second week, and Nashville and Ottawa only play one game on the heavy Saturday. So they're great for next week, but they are not great uh, once they come back from the All-Star um, All-Star break. So. Uh, they are pretty much just uh, any stream that you do take, you're probably going to be dropping following that. Uh, of all the nine teams that play next week, so January 29th to 31st, those three days, only St. Louis plays twice the following week, and even that, there's one of those games on the heavy Saturday. So there's really no team that plays in these three days uh, upcoming before the All-Star break and then also has a nice schedule in the second week. It just doesn't exist, basically. So you really do want to kind of bifurcate this upcoming matchup and think about it in two separate parts. So in the second week now, moving on to the second portion of the program, we've got one team that has Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back to open the second week, and that is Colorado. So if you're looking for a team coming out of the All-Star break to start you off right, that is going to be Colorado. There are two teams with Monday, Wednesday opener to that week. That's the New York Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs. And we have four teams with a Wednesday, Thursday or a Wednesday, Friday. Again, all of these are off nights until we hit that super heavy Saturday. So you're going to be able to fit these teams in. Four teams there, Chicago, Minnesota, New York Rangers, and Tampa Bay Lightning. Unfortunately, we do not have any teams that have the Friday, Sunday off night. So we don't have a really good way to stream around that super heavy Saturday of 13 games um, with any of these teams in the second week. So one thing I do want to mention is there's actually a pretty good chance, given how few games are being played, uh, given how weird the schedule is with teams playing before the break and not after the break and all of this, there's actually a pretty good chance that your team could actually just kind of be dead in the water if your opponent has a bunch of players from the teams that actually do play a fair bit and you just have none of these players or you have players from the teams that only play a couple of games. Um, So it is worth checking out like how big of a mountain you're attempting to scale in this upcoming matchup. Um, that's not to say that you should just punt from the very start of the matchup. Anything can happen. Lots can change. Their best players can get injured. Your streams can work out perfectly. Um, somebody you picked up can score four goals in the first game and you're off and running. Lots of things can happen. I'm not saying punt it, but I am saying this is a week to really be aware of what exactly is at play here and not overdo uh, all of your streaming and then realize that you stream super hard and there is really no chance even after the first like three nights of the of the two game uh, two week schedule here that uh, you just couldn't have done anything. So I would say you're really looking at trying to get all of your streaming done before that super heavy Saturday of the second week. So realistically, I mean, you can 
maybe try to plan for a goalie stream on that final Sunday, but I don't think you can count on it. Again, that Sunday is only two games, so you really only got four goaltenders to choose from. Three of them are probably rostered, so you're maybe picking from one goaltender who might be playing that game. Uh, it's going to be rough, so I don't think you should really count on streaming anybody for that final Sunday. You should be looking to get it all in before if you are going going hard in the paint, streaming hard. Um, the absolute best stream schedule that I could find uh, for one stream spot is to do that Nashville, Ottawa, San Jose stream for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of week one. You get two games that way. Then immediately after that team plays, then you're going to flip that into the Colorado, a Colorado player for Monday, Tuesday of week two. And then after that Monday, Tuesday is concluded, then you can go into Chicago, Minnesota, New York Rangers, or Tampa Bay Lightning, who each play two games on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You get six games uh, with three ads out of your streamer spot before that super heavy Saturday. I think that's the best way to do it. I don't know if you've got any other notes or a better look at the schedule here, Blake, but that's the way that I'm looking at it. Yeah, that all makes sense. I mean, we'll get into it with some of these, you know, worst teams to stream, best teams to stream, because it's not exactly worst, right? These these players are all valuable, but we'll get into it here. All right. Why don't you take us in? Yeah, you bet, buddy. Okay. Worst teams to stream from or drop fringe players from, we're going to look at this. But again, um, it doesn't mean you drop these players, right? Like it, the only day we really can't get players in is that busy Saturday in the second week of the two week matchup, right? We should really be able to get players in anywhere else. So you're going to have a lot of options and, you know, so keep that in mind, but let's go through it here. Um, six teams have a pretty poor schedule, two games played with only one off night. And those teams are the Arizona Coyotes, Buffalo Sabres, Columbus Blue Jackets, Detroit Red Wings, LA Kings, and the Seattle Kraken. Let's get into that. So starting with Arizona, some of the fringe players that we're looking at potentially dropping because of this crap week, um, Lawson Kraus, right? Which is a guy I picked up this week in a couple spots just due to the back-to-back that Arizona had. He did get me a goal. So thank you, my man beefer as well. He does that, but yeah, I think, you know, he's on the second line, second power play there. And then Nikki Schmaltz, what, what do you think we're doing with these players here in this, um, this kind of crappy setup that they have here, Nate? Yeah, it's not ideal for sure. Um, like there's a lot of bad schedules realistically here in the second week, especially. Um, so there's probably going to be a fair number of players that you're looking at on your team that are going to be options of those options. Like if it's not a bangers cats then Kraus, I think is definitely out. Schmaltz is somebody that I still have a lot of love for. Obviously. I think everybody's heard me talk about him multiple times throughout the season. Um, it's not been going all that well. And actually what's the most concerning to me at the moment is that his ice time is down. I think that unfortunately you can drop Nick Schmaltz. I don't want to, like he's still performing three shots and four shots in his last two games here. He's not even a big shooter, but he's been doing that of late. I think he's playing well. Um, but the lower ice time has me thinking that yes, you can, I will sign off. If you need to drop Nick Schmaltz, you can do so. Yeah, and he's just one of those players you might be able to grab back after this. You know what I mean? He's True. not a hot commodity. So, like, but yeah, he plays like the Thursday, Saturday. So you can get him in on the Thursday, but if Nick Schmaltz not making your your Saturday roster, like, what are we doing? You know, that's it makes no sense streaming Nick Schmaltz in for one game. All right, let's move on. Over to the Buffalo Sabres, we got to talk about Dylan. Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat. Those are some of the players, obviously JJ Paterka, um, you know, any, any of the other players there, um, even Alex Tuck at this point, I mean, he's not a drop, but, but 
let talk talk to me about those players on Buffalo, Nate, and and sort of how you're valuing them during this difficult week. Yeah, it is a difficult week for sure. There are a lot of yeah, there's a lot of things going on. Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat, both point per game over the last little bit, um, playing well and. You don't want to be dropping players like that. So again, there's probably going to be a fair number of players on your team that have poor schedules and you don't necessarily have to be moving yeah. off. So if you don't have to, then I wouldn't mind doing it. Casey Middlestat was, uh, and Dylan Cousins both got time on the top power play in the last game. I didn't check to see uh, which way they ended, like if they made the change in game or exactly what was going on there. But um, that's something to watch for sure because that will kind of depend... Uh, that will really give you who's got more value moving forward, right, uh, between the two of them. I think I would kind of let that be my deciding factor. If they're on power play one, I probably don't want to drop them if I can. Um, but if they're on power play two, then you probably are dropping them. And I know, you know, Blake, that uh, you can always drop Casey Middlestad. It's okay. Oh, my God. Nate, you know he's a fan of the show, all right? Now you're just, now you're just tooting right in his face. All right, he listens to it daily. Oh God, sorry, Casey. All right, I'll I'll talk with this man. We'll take it offline. Don't worry, we'll sort it out. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. We got to talk about Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, this team stinks, but that's fine. Of course, they crushed the Calgary Flames when I needed a win from Jacob Markstrom, but that's that's also fine. We get, you know what? I was just looking at their roster ship here on Yahoo. Case, or um, uh, Zach Wierenski is the highest roster player at fifty eight percent. That's yeah. bizarre. I mean, and that to me, that's low for Rensky. I think he should be rostered a lot higher than that. But, um, you know, is he, is he a bubble player, Zach Rensky? And then, obviously, we're looking at John Gaudreau and Boone Jenner. Oh, God, I have Boone Jenner in a couple spots. And I, I you have to consider it. Like, I mean, he's 47% rostered, too. But, I, like, he's doing nothing so far since he's been back. Columbus does not look good. What are you doing with the Jackets, Nate? Yeah, I think Wierenski is a clear hold for me. I think this guy just has a ton of potential and doesn't actually need the uh, jackets to be terrific to return value, at least above a streamer level, above replacement level. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely hanging on to Wierenski. He, he walked right back into 25 minutes like he was yeah. ready to go. So uh, good to see that. Goudreau, I've said this many times, I think Goudreau you can drop he's just a streamer level player for me at this point boone jenner is tougher because we've seen him be super valuable especially in heavy bangers leagues or bangers cats leagues uh, but his metrics in the first three games back here are truly awful um yeah, yeah. just truly horrifying i mean he's been playing with roslevic and fantilli because you know when whatever you want to do to get your guy going again you just put him with two other centers and yeah put him to another to... position that he doesn't play that that, that makes yeah, perfect sense. that that's just perfect so shout out to pascal vincent um setting the bar on the ground for nhl coaching once again this year um yeah i don't know I don't want to drop Boone Jenner. I have a, an emotional tie to Boone Jenner, as we all do here at Apples and Genos. Uh, that makes me not want to drop Boone Jenner. But the metrics here, if we don't get some sort of improvement in the next game here before the All-Star break, then I'm definitely considering it. Yep, absolutely. And he's not even on Power Play 1. You know, like they're giving a power play two. They're rolling them out there. Buddy, no, we need 20 minute Boone Jenner and we need it now. All right. In a category league, Boone Jenner is a little bit harder to drop, but, but I am considering it for sure. Like if he's doing nothing, like, you, you know, we got to make smart decisions here. We got to get the dubs. I'm sorry, Boone. Um, but actually side story here, um, the locked on Canucks shout out to locked on Canucks. They did a pod today where they interviewed somebody and they were talking about a trade from Bo for Boone Jenner to the Canucks. 
Oh my mm -hmm. God. If that happened, uh, you'd basically see my hat just blow off my head. Steam would come out. Um, yeah. And I'd basically have to camp out in front of Boone Jenner's house with a sign, you know, and get, <laughs> like just, just, you know, worship the man. So anyways, beautiful head of hair and the jaw on this man. Unbelievable. You, you can't even break it with a puck. So there you go. Um, geez, I digress there. All right, let's move on to Detroit. We got to talk about Shane Goss bear and Lucas Raymond. I was actually talking to someone recently about Lucas Raymond and what we do with him because they only played the two games with one off night. And yeah, then he popped off for two assists the other night. So what, how are you valuing the Detroit players here? Um, cause they, they haven't really been going lately. It's been kind of the, the middle six guys that have been doing it. Yeah. It's been a little bit rough for sure. Gosses Spare, as I've said before, is just one of these guys. He gets hot, he gets cold throughout the season. When you tally it all up at the end of the season, his numbers look great. Uh, but it makes the tough parts pretty tough to handle. I don't think you have to hold on to Gosses Spare at any point. I don't think he's a must-roster player at any point. He has been averaging close to 21 minutes a night the last little bit, which does make him obviously more valuable than when he's uh, getting the Tony D'Angelo treatment and only skating like third pair minutes and top power play but uh, i do think gus despair is somebody that you can move off of if you have to i'm not trying to uh, i think gus despair if you just held him all year you'd probably be happy at the end of the year but you definitely don't have to hang on to shane gus despair through some bad weeks lucas raymond nice deployment right now playing with larkin on the power play and at even strength to bring it the other winger at even strength that's a nice spot to be for sure, his underlying stats are not good. 225th in shots for 60, 235th in individual scoring chances for per 60. But the deployment says that he should run into some points here. Um, I, I feel pretty ambivalent, honestly, about Raymond. Um, there's probably somebody further down your roster that you can drop first. But if Raymond's the next guy up, I'm totally okay with moving off him. This is not a player that's going to make or break your season. Yep, absolutely agree. Let's move on to the LA Kings. They, again, play two games with one off night. The, their one off night, it, they do play one game in the first week as well, like that really short week. So just something of note. I mean, like if you're holding uh, a Los Angeles King player, you can probably hold them through that game and then drop the player. Right. And that might be a good move for you. But um, the players we're looking for here or looking at here, Quentin Byfield who, uh, like we said, is ill currently. But yeah, he has been, his deployment's been a little bit down. Um, you know, power play one is still there, but he's he's moving up and down the lineup. It's And the Kings have been been trash, to be honest, right? So it's it's an interesting conversation there. PLD, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, just, just a, a train wreck of a season for him, production-wise. And he's getting called up by the coach. That's not great. And then Philip Deneau as well. This guy was a great streamer for this week, but he's done nothing, right? So how are you valuing these guys? And are you holding or are you dropping these players this week? Yeah, I think you can definitely drop PLD. I picked him up, uh, and then he got moved off the top line, and I yeah, pretty much too. just dropped him immediately. Um, yeah, not interested in him if he's not getting super deployment basically uh deno has been really cold his underlying metrics are never good he's on pace for 16 goals 50 points at the end of the season i figure that's about where he'll be so he's definitely not somebody you have to roster by any stretch quentin byfield though has picked things back up as of late and nice. the underlying metrics have come along as well he's got two goals four points in his last four here before falling ill uh for this game tonight but 88th in shots per 60, 54th individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, 42nd in on-ice Corsi, 4 per 60. Um, maybe one of the lone bright spots on the Kings over the last couple of games here. So I'm still hanging on to Quentin Byfield at the moment if I've got him. 
Nice. You'd love to see it. And I agree. Let's move on to the last team, the stream team, or as I like to call them, the Seattle Kraken. Um, so they have two games as well. And again, similar to LA, they do have one game in the first a week there. So if you're going to be dropping one of these players, I would do it after they play uh, San Jose on Tuesday. So I'd be holding them probably through that Tuesday game and then bouncing someone, or they could be bounced potentially. And some of the players we're looking at there, Ely Tolvanen, the jerk store, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Adam Larson, and Jordan Eberle. Tell me what you're doing with these players here, Nathan. Yeah, I don't think there's really anybody on Seattle that you absolutely have to hang on to except Vince Dunn. Everybody else I'm okay to move off of at any given time. Underlying metrics are not great for any of these guys. Uh, Everly's the hottest, two goals, six points in his last five here. So, I mean, I guess if you're going by that, you could hang on to Everly. But realistically, I think any of these guys can be moved. I like Tolvanen and Bjorkstrand. Tolvanen is a guy who provides peripherals and a lot of other stuff. Bjorkstrand is a guy who gets really hot at times. I think he's got a goal and an assist in the game tonight. That's going on right now. So, um, yeah, I think I'm liking. I would like to hang on to Bjorkstrand, uh, similar to some of the other players we've mentioned. I'd like to hang on to Tolvanen. I'd like to hang on to Bjorkstrand, uh, but I'm gonna be okay if they're at the bottom of my roster and there's a real, a real difference making stream out there. I'm totally okay to move off. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next section here. Um, it's, they're still two-game teams, but they both have two off nights. So these are the two-game teams that avoid the busy Saturday. And they are the Anaheim Ducks, Chicago Blackhawks, Minnesota Wild, San Jose Sharks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. So starting with the Anaheim Ducks, what is a duck? Nate, do you know? <laughs> uh, scientists have been studying this question for eons, and I don't know if we'll ever know. Like, yeah, if you ever get, yeah, if you ever get that peer-reviewed, uh, you know, uh, document, I'd like to have a look at that. All right, I'll send um, you your way. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, All right, yeah. um, sorry, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, the ducks. Uh, the only one that I'm hanging on to is Troy Terry here. Terry's really rounded into form the last, I don't know, month or two months maybe. Uh, yeah, he's got a goal, but six points in his last five here, skating over 20 minutes a night. Really seems like they're recognizing that Terry is the guy who's going to drive the bus if they're going to get anywhere, and he's been doing it. Um, McTavish has really cooled off. His underlying metrics have really, really cooled off the last little bit. Uh, Leo Carlson, I think, is along for the ride with Troy Terry rather than the other way around. So uh, I'm totally happy to move off of everybody not named Troy Terry in Anaheim. Yep, agreed. Let's move on. Chicago, are we keeping anybody? Let's let's go that way. Um, are we <laughs> keeping anybody from Chicago in this two-game, two-off night week? Yeah, I think I am hanging on to Seth Jones. He's got a goal, four points in his last five, skating, you know, 24-plus minutes a night. Underlying metrics are not terrible, which is mildly shocking uh, for a guy playing on Chicago. So, yeah, I think I am hanging on to Seth Jones. Sweet. All right, Seth Jones for the win. That's your league winner right there, folks. All right. <laughs> Oh God. All right. Let's move on to Minnesota. Yeah. This one's going to hurt. Actually. I've been holding a lot of these guys. Um, we got, uh, Ryan Hartman and Marco Rossi. And then, you know, any of these other guys on the back end, Marcus Foligno is where I call him Lou Foligno. Yeah. What are you doing with Hartman and Rossi, Nate Rossi with yeah. that power one deployment. So, yeah, definitely. That's a point in his favor. Both guys actually on identical 48 point paces for the season at this point. I'm dropping both of these guys, to be honest. Uh, Rossi, I think is shooting like 
one of the I worst know. one of the worst uh, shooters in the league at the moment, which is kind of disappointing. But I mean, it's a it's a rookie season for Rossi. I say this all the time about rookies; they go through extreme highs and lows. He's got one shot in his last four games. Does Marco Rossi? So yeah, I think you can drop him. Ah, dang, that's terrible. Oh my god. Um, yeah, thank you, boys. Uh, thank you for your service. Get the hell off my team. All right, moving over to the San Jose Sharks. This team is interesting, actually, and I think you can use some of the players on San Jose because they play two games with two off nights, but they're both um, in the the first week there. They play Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back against Seattle and Anaheim. So, I mean, you know, we got players like Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture on that team. You know, Fabian Zetterlin, all these guys, if you stream them in. Um, what, what do you think, Nate? Are we keeping these guys... I think it makes sense to just keep these guys for that first bit. And then if you want to get off them, you move off, move off them on Thursday morning. Is that kind of where you're at too? Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm trying to hang on to Thomas hurdle. I think he's just solid. He's got four points. His last five again, skating almost 23 minutes a night. Uh, yeah. He's going to get all of the minutes in San Jose. If anyone is going to provide sustained scoring, it's going to be him on a 26 goal, 59 point pace for the season. Like that's rosterable. Um, that's not a guy you should be looking to move off of, in my opinion. And Logan Couture, he may get there, but the early returns have not been great in terms of the underlying numbers. I would drop Logan Couture. Sweet. Uh, am I not hurdly enough for the hurdle club? Um, yeah, he's, uh, you just traded for him. So you better hold on to him, Nate, for God's sakes. Exactly. I mean, wh- what have you done for me lately? Thomas hurdle. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Last team, Vegas golden Knights. We got, come on, Bobby. Let's go Bobby. I've been Bobby chef and Braden McNabb, Chandler Stevenson, bang. And Alec Martinez, that power play quarterback unit. What are you doing with the Vegas golden Knights, Nate? Yeah, I mean, it feels impossible to drop Ivan Barbashev right now. Yeah. Trending towards being a player we have to talk about in the hot shots uh, on Sunday. But three goals, 10 points in his last five games here. The underlying stats have actually come up for Barbashev the last little bit as well. Like, he's obviously unsustainable at two points per game the last little bit. But, um, yeah, at the moment, I think I'm hanging on to Barbashev and just kind of riding this out, see how far it goes. Uh, pretty much everybody else, though, I think you can move off of. McNabb is really just a bangers cats guy. Um, maybe you're hanging on to him in bangers cats just because he's been so valuable there. Uh, just extreme numbers, especially in blocks. Martinez does that too, and he is getting power play deployment, but he's not doing a ton with it. Yeah. Um, he's got a couple of assists so far in that deployment, so it's kind of nice but he's definitely not setting the world on fire he's not somebody that you have to feel like you hang you're hanging on to Chandler Stevenson has had some decent numbers overall but uh, Vegas won 5-2 tonight and he did absolutely nothing no shots no hits no blocks nothing oh so that's not a good look for Chandler Stevenson I think you can move off him but uh, I do think like as long as everybody else is out uh, Stevenson is probably going to give you these points. So uh, you're going to have to make that calculation for yourself. For myself, I'm probably moving off of him for somebody else. Yep, absolutely. And just an FYI, it sounds like uh, rookie Pavel Dorofiev was injured in the game tonight. So we don't know if he's going to be back in the lineup. So just FYI, could be a few more minutes uh, for these guys to eat. All right. Do people eat minutes? I don't know. That that Does that work? I think it works, Nate. All right, I've heard on. people say this before, but I'm still unsure as to the mechanism. Okay. Not okay. Thanks. That's yeah. Now you're just making me feel stupid, Nate. All right. And it's (laughs) it's not that hard, is it? Um, All right. Let's move on to the last team, which we want to talk about, or actually the last couple teams here, Nashville and Ottawa. They both play three games with two off nights, but we're going to, we're going to split it up a little bit. So um, Nashville and Ottawa, 
um, two games in the first week and only one game in the second week, right? And that one game is on the Saturday, right? So your, your streamers from Nashville and Ottawa, they're, they're not going to be able to get into that busy Saturday, I don't think, right? So we just need to think of it that way. That said, I mean, there's a uh, big time value for these guys for the first week. So anyways, the players you might be streaming in and then getting off, like Nyquist is still out there. Nyquist, he, I mean, he's doing stuff like this is an apples and Geno special right here. A guy that has terrible metrics, gets a ton of minutes and a ton of points, uh, like just makes no sense, you know, but uh, yeah, their, their line is doing very well. So Nyquist is a player you want to look at there for Nashville um, to potentially get off of afterwards. But I don't know. He's, he's been playing pretty well. There's not that many other streamers on, on Nashville. Is there Nate? No, there's really not. It's mostly Nyquist. I mean, Colton Sissons is the other guy on the top power play, and he did have a nice game earlier this week, but his nice games are a little bit far in in between. So, uh, yeah, if Nyquist is out there, I think he's great. Actually, the on-ice numbers have been terrific the last little bit. Eighth in Corsi 4 per 60, tenth in on-ice scoring chances 4 per 60, skating almost 20 minutes a night. He's got three Good points God. in his last five. He is not necessarily driving a lot of it himself, but uh, he doesn't need to. He just needs to be out there and have the puck bounce off his shin guards into the net every once in a while, and we'll uh, we'll call it good for Gus Nyquist. Just give the puck to Philip Forsberg, my guy. Let him do the rest. All right, he does that. He chucks pucks. All right, hashtag. Um, all right, Ottawa, the, the players we're looking at here, um, Vladimir Tarasenko, Josh Norris, right? We've been talking about these guys for weeks. Ottawa's actually... They've been playing well lately. So that's that's nice to see. Remember my hot take a little while ago, Nate? Ottawa be in the playoffs? It's coming to fruition. Oh, my God. Mm. Nostradamus over here. I don't even know if that's how you say that man's name. But, damn, you know what I'm talking about. All right? The seer of seers. But, uh, yeah, these are players that we're looking at, again, that have a good schedule pre-All-Star game, bad schedule post-All-Star game, right? So you're going to have to decide what you want to do um, after the first week getting these players in. All right. Any any anything on that before I move on to the next segment here, Nate? Nope. Let's keep it rolling. You bet, buddy. All right. Now we're going to talk about the best teams to stream, or as Nate sometimes refers to it as the steamy streams of Cream's dreams. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's how we probably do. the worst one yet. Oh yeah, that that makes me feel weird. All right, let's move on. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, we got to talk again about um, Nashville, Ottawa, and San Jose, right? Those are the teams that we're looking to target at the beginning of the week, all right? So I'll quickly run you through some players here. And Nate, how about you give me your kind of your list on who you would target here, all right? So um, Nashville, again, we're looking at Nyquist, Sissons, and Tommy Novak. I think that's really the order there. Nate, do you concur? I do concur. Yeah, Nyquist for sure. I'm interested in Sissons in deeper leagues, like a couple 14 team plus something like that. You can look at Novak is a prayer. Yeah, and Jeremy Lozon, buddy, the beefer of all beefers. Oh, my God. You know what Jeremy Lozon is? He's like that guy when you go to a shawarma restaurant. He's not the guy. He's the meat. Right. You know that <laughs> that like pole with the meat on it and the guy's cutting yep. it down. That's Jeremy Lozon. All right. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? That's the level of beef that this man possesses. Absolutely. All right. Sweet. Um, let's move to Ottawa. So this one should be a little more interesting for you, Nate. Um, Josh Norris, Shane Pinto, the Pinto Bean, uh, Ridley Grieg and Matthew Joseph. How are you ranking these players uh, to get in for that first week there? Yeah, so just to start with the power play unit there, it's been Claude Drew, Tuchuk, Josh Norris, Shane Pinto, and then the second unit is a 2D format with Shabbat Chikrin on the back end and then Tarasenko, Batherson, Stutzla. Um, 
the Giroud to Chuck Norris Pinto unit got most of the ice time. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely an interesting development, um, <laughs> to say the least. But, yeah. yeah, to see Norris and Pinto up there, that obviously gives them a boost. Norris is the guy that I've been touting pretty much all along. He's the guy who most consistently has good metrics like on the season this is a guy pace, pacing for 27 goals 51 points i think he's got even a little bit of room to get yeah. there norris is definitely a target for me for this schedule but shane pinto in his own right i'm interested as long as this deployment holds um yeah not really super interested in any of the other options unless we're in a very deep league Yep, you bet. All right, and then San Jose, again, as we mentioned, they play the Tuesday-Wednesday there, so you get the back-to-back in, and then you say, get the hell out of my sight, all right, unless you're Nate, and then you're you know, you're know basically married to Thomas Hurdle. All right, so you got Hurdle, you got Logan Couture, you got Fabian Zetterlund, Barabanov, and William Eklund. So we know we talked about Hurdle and Couture. What about um, the other three there, Zetterlund, Zetterlund Barabanov, and Eklund? Yeah, Zetterland is of interest to me for sure. Two goals, three points in his last five, skating over 21 minutes a night. 52nd in shots for 60, 14th in individual scoring chances, four per 60 over those five games. On the season, Like his underlying metrics are not terrible, especially the individual ones. So I'm actually low-key interested in Zetterland for this stream. I think, uh, yeah, he's in available even in deep leagues and he's probably better than a lot of other players that your league mates are going to target so zetterland is the guy i'm interested in barabanov's getting better deployment and also has better uh, underlying numbers than eckland and eckland is now playing down on the third line in the last game so i'm pretty off of eckland at this point there you go okay so again that is the first week of the two-week schedule right those are the players we're targeting and then want probably wanting to get off of besides guys like you know hurdle couture you know, Nyquist, players like that, you you want to probably try and hold on if you can, okay? All right, moving on now, we're looking at teams that have the best schedule for the second week of the two-week period. And we're looking at three teams here with four games and three off nights. It's pretty nice. Colorado, Vancouver, and Washington. And there are some really good options on those teams. So let's start with Colorado. You know, we're looking at Arturi Lekkinen. If he's still out there, like, damn, you, you better get this guy on your team. I, I think this is a real... Yeah, just a low point for him because he's coming back off injury, like a pretty significant injury. But I really do think, based on what has happened previously with Lekkonen, like he's going to get some really good deployment there. Uh, he's had the 20-minute treatment there before in Colorado from Jared Bednar. Um, the signing of Zach Parise maybe affects Lekkonen. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I still believe in the player. And, you know, he has tenure with the team and a history of, of getting some big minutes. So Lekkonen's got to be rostered. He's only 39%. You got to get this guy on your team. So uh, that's where I'm at with Lekkonen. Um, Jonathan Druen, oh, he, he, I mean, he's still getting deployment, right? And as long as he's getting deployment, that's really what's propping him up. And then our buddy Ross Cameo Colton, the word up, buddy. Um, so what are you doing between... Uh, these three players who who do you like the best there Nate? uh yeah i mean as far as like the best right now it's probably a tie between druin and colton um druin just like 20 plus minutes still yep. a night his underlying numbers are terrible i expect that at some point his kind of time at the top there will run out and he'll get moved off of that um but at the same time, like, I don't really want to be rostering Lekkonen while he's skating with Ryan Johansson and Andrew Cogliano and basically no power play time at all because of how much they use the top unit. So, yeah, I'm not, like, aggressively picking up Lekkonen uh, in spots. I do recognize the upside and that 
it's likely that he'll get back there. But in terms of a stream, if we haven't seen that he's on the top power play or moved up the lineup in any regard, then I'm probably not interested in Lekkonen. Um, I would go for Colton over Druen by a hair, uh, just based on the better underlying numbers. Bang. So you're going Colton, Druen, Lekkonen. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Oh my goodness. I'm going Lekkonen, Colton, Druen. That's how we do. I don't know. I've I got a lot of love for Lekkonen, but we'll see. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, this guy's proven nothing so far. He's coming back off a big injury. All right. Let's go over to Vancouver. Your Vancouver Canucks. And again, some very good options. We got to talk about bench Koozie. Oh, he's not on the bench anymore. He's actually skating a little bit. That's nice. Uh, and some reasonable deployment for Kuzmenko. You know, he's getting time again with Elias Pettersson and Ilya Makayev there, who's another player you could target probably. Um, Kuzmenko is getting power play too, so that's going to cap his offensive upside a little bit, but he's looked a lot better. So I think Kuzmenko, especially in this week, is definitely rosterable, you know, and then you can decide what you want to do with him after this week. Um, but someone I'm more excited about than Kuzmenko is Puce Suter. Yeah, this guy is getting time with Brock Besser and JT Miller, right? Um, that first round beauty. Am I right, Nate? Uh, Definitely. Yeah, sweet. So, yeah, Pew Suter, this guy got a hat trick the other night. I mean, that's that's an outlier, no question. But he's power play one as well, and he looked good out there. This this guy's a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. And I'm, I'm actually a really big fan of that player. And that, now that he's getting some deployment, I think, especially in this week, like this guy's a great stream for this week, and you can kind of see what you have there. Um, and like I mentioned as well, Ilya, Ilya Mikhaev and then Connor Garland, who's been doing stuff as well. Um, that third line is one of the better ones in the league, in my opinion. Um, Connor Garland's, you know, he's got four points in his last five, but he's going crazy right now. So I don't know where are you at with these Canucks, Nate? Yeah, definitely. Suter is the one with the burn currently, um, getting all that deployment. I don't know how confident i am yeah. that it'll last like if he told me right now that by the time we get to week two of this two-week matchup that pia Suter is definitely going to still be there then i'd be a lot more excited but i'm just preaching a little bit of caution right now that it wouldn't shock me at all if the lineups were totally changed by the time we got there uh, just given how much lineup shuffling has been done already in vancouver so just mm -hmm. preaching a little bit of caution there but definitely the player looks good over the last bit four goals it was last five sixth in the league in individual scoring chances four per 60 in that oh, wow. time frame so i'm definitely in on that if the deployment holds after Suter, i really don't know <laughs> quite honestly who i'm interested in i guess I'll go Garland just for the shot yeah. volume. Yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, honestly, I watch this guy all the time. He's he's really driving stuff out there. Like this guy's a he's a little firecracker. I'm a big fan of that player, and he's a third line player. So you know, take it for what it's worth. But he he can do some stuff out there, and he's playing well right now. Anyways, last team Washington. We're looking at Dylan Strom, Max Pacioretty, TJ Oshie, and Anthony Manva. So of those players, where, where are you going in Washington? Yeah, definitely it's an interesting situation that's kind of developed in Washington where, you know, they've moved some lines around. Uh, before, it was Oshi with Strom and Pacioretty, and that line was good for a little bit. In the last game, it was Pacioretty with Strom and Ovechkin. So that kind of pushes Pacioretty and Strom up, obviously, in terms of who you'd want to be interested in. I think I'm taking Strom over Pacioretty, but I will note that Pacioretty 14th in the league in shots per 60 over the last five games here. Uh, Strom just feels a lot, a lot more... Uh, a lot more safe for sure. Um, like he's clearly their top center at this point. I don't think there's much of a chance that he comes off that top line um, 
basically just getting top line deployment all over the place. Um, it they did some weird stuff with the power play too, like Kuznetsov yeah. was taking Strom's spot, uh, but Strom still got a good chunk of that time and played with Oshi and Pacioretty and Ovechkin when he was out there, which is still honestly a better unit than Kuznetsov, Wilson, Mantha. So I kind of anticipate that uh, Strom and Pacioretty will actually be really strong streams. There you go. And Ovi's going to pop off this week, buddy. That's, that's it. it. Book it. Let's go. Um, last team I want to talk about, the New York Rangers. They've got a great schedule, actually. Uh, three games all on the off nights on the second week. So they play Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, or is that right? Yeah. So they play three. Yeah, the three off nights. Sorry, Monday. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then you can move off. Like, there are a bunch of teams that have a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. If somehow you can get somebody in on the Saturday, might be a good little might be a good little move for you there. Just something to look at on your rosters. But for New York, we're looking at Keandre Miller, Alexis Lafreniere, and Capo Caco, one of the best names in the league. How are you ranking these players? Are we still high on Lafreniere, Nate? Lavernier is definitely uh, taking some of the shine off the last little bit. Just one assist his last five. Still getting 18 minutes a night. Underlying numbers are not terrible. The shots have gone away. 200th in shots for 60 over this stretch, but still 76th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. And the on-ice numbers are strong, as you might expect. Keandre Miller has two points in his last five, both assists. But he's fifth amongst all defensemen in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. And the on-ice numbers are pretty strong as well. I think he's still just a streamer. Um, but he is a streamer that I'd be somewhat interested in uh, if I needed a defenseman here, and he's going to give you all three of those games. So definitely of interest there. Kako's been terrible since returning from injury. I'm not super interested in that at the moment. Yeah, they actually moved Blake Wheeler up to the top line there, I saw. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. Kako's down on line three where he belongs. All right. Nate, talk to us about the best players to stream for this week. All right, let's get it rolling. So the way that I did this, I did break it up between week one and week two. I didn't, I just couldn't find a, a great way to really do it. Otherwise, I mean, if you want to look at like an overall stream, like if you're going to go in on um, Monday morning and go nuts and add people for the week overall, like week long streams, then I guess you would just go with the week two players because that's where you're getting most of the games played. Right. Um, so if that's the way you're playing it, then you're going to want to listen to the week two section. But for week one with the Nashville, Ottawa, San Jose uh, teams having the most games played here. I'm going with Hurdle at the top, followed by Nyquist, followed by Josh Norris, and then Logan Couture and Fabian Zetterland as the follow-ups there. I think that Hurdle is just locked in in his roles. Actually, so is Nyquist, and yeah. so they kind of feel pretty safe to me up at the top here. I feel like Hurdle has a little bit more goal-scoring upside, though, which gives him a little bit of the edge there. Josh Norris, uh, yeah, I think he's a really solid player. Deployment is moving around a little bit at the moment, but hopefully he maintains a good chunk of that power play, which is where he gets a lot of his value. Logan Couture, I do expect him to be better, but I'm not convinced that he's more than a streamer-level player at this point. And then you heard me talk about Sutherland as well. And moving over to week two, or if you're looking at this as an overall, then we go with that. I've got Dylan Strom at the top, followed by Max Pacioretty. Um, I'm going to go with Ross Colton. I originally had Drew in, in here, so i got to change up the show notes before I send these out to the patrons. But uh, I'm going to go with Ross Colton. After looking at the numbers a little bit more last little bit, I just can't get away from my guy there. So I am going to go with Ross Colton, followed by Jonathan Drew in. And then I'm going to throw Pia Suter in at the bottom. Honestly, I think 
suitor might go to number one if uh, we were totally assured that it was line one power play one for him heading into week two. Like if that's the update that we get, then suitor might go all the way to number one. It'd be a tight, tight, tight thing between him and Dylan Strong for sure. But um, yeah, definitely take that into account uh, if you're only looking at week two if you're the games are coming up and Suter's still practicing on the top line top power play there then definitely i think Suter is right up there with the top guys to uh, roster for that week two any thoughts on the rankings here blake anything you do differently no notes just stellar work these guys especially in that first week they they all got to be rostered right i think yeah zetterlin has got to be rostered right and then you get you get off them later but yeah those that's a great list all right, best for hits ranked. So these are just overall numbers basically at this point. Will Cooley at the top, he hits the lights out, man. Uh, I don't know if you've checked yeah. this out. Over three hits Beaver. a game over his last 10. So definitely a guy you can check out there. Josh Manson, Dakota Joshua, Nikita Zadorov, and Sam Lafferty. Last three all from Vancouver there. Definitely have some beefers over there. Best for blocks, Sam Gerrard at the top, followed by Tyler Myers and Ian Cole, Jack Johnson, Keandre Miller. So obviously Keandre Miller giving you more than just a little bit of points upside. He's definitely somebody for Bangers Cats that uh, should be streamed in if he's not already rostered. Thoughts on the Bangers, Blake? Triple A beef. <laughs> All right. Best players. Let's talk about this best players to add for the future. And quite honestly, like I was looking through these names, I had a really tough time coming up with any sort of a list here. Um, there's a lot of guys that I kind of view as very similar. And I just came up with more and more names the further I went down the list as to players that I'd be happy to be rostering and hanging on to in a lot of leagues. So anyway, at the top of the list, I got Gabe Velarde. I think he's honestly the way that um, when Connor's come back, the way that Velarde's still been up on the top line, um, I think that this is the way that it's going to go with bonus, that Ehlers is always going to be the guy who gets bumped and Velarde's going to be the guy who stays line one, power play one. So I'm pretty excited about Velarde, 38% rostered now definitely like that's got to go higher so Velarde's the guy at the top for me at the moment I'm still hanging on to Nick Schmaltz here watching that deployment as I mentioned but I think the world of the talent Quentin Byfield finding his way back up the list now after this latest hot stretch seems like maybe uh I was worried that we were kind of getting a fall off here but he's underlying metrics coming up this week our last two weeks rather is really starting to give me a little bit of uh yeah, a little bit of extra support for my love for Quinton Byfield. Troy Terry, I mentioned, if he had a semblance of a team around him, he would be at the top of the list. I think Troy Terry is probably a point-per-game player on a lot of teams across the league, but unfortunately he plays in Anaheim. Thomas Hurdle, um, I put in at the fifth spot. Honestly, there's a lot of guys here. Sam Bennett uh, having a monster week this week, obviously, so he's close. Igor Sharangovich has been putting up points, but not actually um, putting up much in the way of the underlying stats. He's yeah. fallen off very significantly in that regard. Basically, as soon as I talked up how well he was doing and how good his underlying stats were, they just fell off a cliff. 331st in shots for 60, 337th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60 over the last five. I'm quite worried about Sharangovich at the moment. I don't know how it's possible that he had such a good stretch of really solid play and how he can fall off so quickly but uh, I'm a little bit worried about that kind of super streaky nature there in terms of a rest of season hold still hanging on to Boone Jenner in this group uh, just believe in the player so um, if you 
are in a deeper league. I know we said we, you could drop him, but I do think that uh, Boone Jenner is a player who, when you look at the end of the season, he's going to be right there and he's going to have done positive things for you. Ricard Raquel, Alexis Lafreniere still making the list. Even beyond this, though, like yeah. Wyatt Johnson, Josh Norris, Dylan Strom, Max Pacioretty, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson, lots and lots of players that I think are worthy of being held in a lot of leagues. So there's definitely a ton of players out there uh, at the moment, especially in that like 30-plus percent range on yeah. Yahoo, 20 to 20 to 40 percent maybe is the range the the sweet spot right now but there's definitely lots of options out there sub 20 percent rostered so getting a little bit deeper here russ colton's at 18 percent. this is a great week uh, to really dig in if he hangs on to power play one you've heard me wax poetic about how good russ colton looks under the hood all the time and it's finally turning into points for him which i'm ecstatic about um, but I definitely think he should be rostered and throwing in another one here. Warren Fogle, um, just making it all happen. You gotta love McLovin sub 10% rostered Kyle Palmieri. He's just 7% rostered. He had a game to end all games, uh, last night, the Thursday <laughs> night game. I think it was, I don't have it in front of me anymore, but I believe it was 11, 11. shots, 16 shot attempts, 14 individual scoring chances for, it was just, I mean, I know they're playing Montreal, but any player who has that in his range of outcomes is a player who should be rostered more than 7% on Yahoo, in my opinion. What do you think of these forwards, Blake? Are you Do you feel similarly to me that there's just a lot of solid options in that like 20% yeah. to 40% range? Yeah, absolutely. There's so much value here. Like these guys are all great. Um, you know, Raquel and Lafreniere, those are the two guys I'm kind of like, eh. But I, you know, I was looking myself and you got, Bobby Joe, Ivan Barbashev, he's out there with hit what's going on with him. Plus Dorofiev's out now. So who gets moved up to the top power play? Maybe it's Barbie. I don't know. How do you deny this man? And then um Lekkonen. I'm I really like Lekkonen moving forward. He's 39% rostered. I, I think I really do believe he's gonna take over kind of his role that he had last season and even at the beginning of this season where he was top line, top power play. So that's my two cents there. But great list. I mean, these players should all be rostered, really. For sure. Let's move on to the defense. I think there's a clear top two at the moment for me. Matthias Ekholm at 47% rostered. Thomas Harley at 36%. Thomas Harley has seemingly really ensconced himself as like a top pairing level defenseman now. Um, and so even without top power play, I was worried that, you know, Heiskanen comes back, Harley gets pushed down the lineup, uh, both in the power play and at even strength. But that has really not happened. Harley's still getting minutes, even with Heiskanen back. So that's got me pretty excited, uh, quite honestly, because we all know really the thesis here between Ekholm and Harley is actually fairly similar. Lots of minutes on a team that's going to score a lot of goals, right? Um, so yep. I think both of these guys kind of uh, fit that bill. Cam Fowler at 31%, just a guy who's going to skate probably 25 minutes on average for the rest of the season. And he's going to end up with like a 40-point pace from here on out, so... Depending how valuable that is to you uh, in your league, Camp Feller is an option for sure. Jamie Drysdale, the guy from Philadelphia that I think has the most upside overall, so I'm still putting him here. I, again, torts is going to torts. Right now he's torting all over the place, and he's True. running two separate two defenseman power play units, which is just... I don't know. I think it should be illegal in the year of our Lord 2024, but here we are. Jamie Drysdale not getting the burn that he deserves. 
but I do think that there's still some potential there. And then Tori Krug, I know Perunovic is taking the top power play. I just have no faith in Scott Perunovic personally, so I am going to keep Tori Krug there. I think Krug actually had an assist tonight as well. So nice. I do think that he can um, yeah, reclaim that spot and be solid, if not terrific, for the rest of the season. Under 20% rostered. I'm still liking Matt Roy a little bit here. Um, just a guy who fills the stat sheet, especially in like a Bangers Cats or something. Um, he's just never going to give you a terrible night and leave you completely wanting. So Matt Roy fills that build there. Sub 10% rostered. I'm going to throw in Olin Zellweger here. Uh, I don't like the deployment. Average 13 minutes and 47 seconds through the first two games here. So that does not look good. Uh, obviously, he needs to get more minutes than that to be viable long term. But he did have three hits and four blocks in his two games so far. So providing some uh, kind of surprising peripheral goodness. So, yeah, I'd be actually pretty excited if if you told me that from this point onwards that the Ducks were going to give Zellweger 20-plus minutes. And honestly, like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, get him out there, see what he can do. Exactly. So... Um, yeah, I'm just watching Zellweger pretty closely at the moment, especially given these peripherals that he's shown in the first couple of games here. Thoughts on the defense, Blake? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are the best offensive options for sure. I, I do like Adam Larson, and I do like Jeremy Lozon. I mean, all joking aside, these guys are valuable, right? They can do stuff. Um, and they're, they're never going to, uh, like you said, they won't leave you wanting. They're kind of in that Matt Roy uh, field there, so. Sure. All right, let's move over to the goaltenders. Uh, same three as I had last week, actually. That doesn't happen too often. Usually we have a lot of fluctuation with goaltenders for obvious reasons, but Uko Pekalukinen at 43%, still my top guy at the moment. Samuel Urson, my second guy, 46% rostered. I know Urson got beat up a little bit this week, but... Uh, I mean, he was pretty due to have a few yep. games where he got beat up. He had been on quite the heater, so uh, I still think, like... He's got a role now. Um, I think he's going to get two of three starts at a minimum from basically here on out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty interested in Sam Erson for sure. And then Charlie Lindgren at 42%. He also got beat up in his last start, but I'm not too worried about it overall. I think uh, I looked ahead a little bit, and if they kind of do a... a 1A, 1B, game in, game out kind of situation with Kemper again, then he's going to have a pretty favorable start coming up, and then maybe we'll build some confidence back. Lindgren has just outplayed Kemper this year, uh, quite honestly, and so I'm still interested in that player. If you're going for goalies sub 25% rostered, Sam Montebo fits the bill now at 24%. He got that, had that game this past week where he got absolutely lit up by Boston for eight goals. That's going to happen on a team like Montreal. He came back the next game and absolutely crushed. So I actually think Montembeau is playing really, really good hockey. You heard me talk earlier in the year uh, about how well Elvis Merzlikens was playing behind a totally inept Columbus Blue Jackets team. Uh, right now, I think that guy who's a goalie playing really well behind a terrible team is Sam Montembeau. So if uh, if you need a player like that who's going to face a ton of shots, get lit up occasionally, but also just give you a lot of volume and a lot of saves, then Montembeau can be that guy. And then lastly, I'm going to throw out David Riddick in this category. He's up to 21% rostered, so that's obviously a good spot. I actually didn't see... I believe it was Talbot. I see that they both got into this game. I believe Talbot yep. got the start he and started, then was pulled. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Three goals in the first period. Bye-bye. Yeah. 
So, yeah, Cam Talbot can't stop a beach ball at the moment, which makes Riddick at least pretty interesting for now. Thoughts on the goalies, Blake? Yeah, not too much. Uh, the, uh, these are your zero G options right now. It's not that inspiring, is it? I do like Sam Urson. I think that his is probably the safest. For me, UPL, like Levi had a good game the other night. So I don't know. But I, yeah, I like Sam Urson of that list the best. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to head to head. <laughs> Let me take another run at that. Oh that my God, he, he's punch drunk. Head to head. Streamer. Deathmatch. Oh there we go. God, what a Got base. It. So much base in your voice there. I appreciate that. I was trying. I was trying. Just for you, Blake. Um, so for the first time in a long time, the season oh, record God. is a tie. I don't know how big this lead was for you at one point, Blake, but uh, I think you got a little bit complacent. You forgot uh, who you're dealing with over here, and uh, you let me get all caught back up. But uh, unfortunately for me, you picked Sam Bennett this week, and he is absolutely crushing. He's got five points through three games. He's got a bunch of shots. He's got a bunch of hits. He's got a bunch of blocks. He's got 26.5 a couple points through three games. And I picked Nick Schmaltz, who missed the game Monday and then has just a sole assist, although he does have some shots, as I mentioned, for 6.75 a couple points after two games. Both players have one to go, but uh, I don't know. I think if I did the math quickly here, I think Schmaltz would have to have like a five-goal game for me to get this back at this point. Uh, So, yeah, I guess I'm rooting for that, but uh, it does seem like you've done well for yourself this week, Blake. Do you have anything to say for yourself? So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> no, buddy. You could have picked Sam Bennett and you chose otherwise. All right. What did you learn, Nate? <laughs> I learned nothing. Oh, okay. See. Well, that's uh, then it's all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have to make some new selections for this week 16, this two-week matchup here, Blake. Uh, it is my turn to go first. And once again, I don't feel strongly enough to feel very confident in making that pick the guy that i had ranked the highest is dylan strom and so i think that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna roll with dylan strom i do think like Suter could be a really strong option again if we knew for sure that he was going to get that power play deployment uh, that would probably be the other consideration that you could go with but for where we're at looking this far out i feel like dylan strom is the safe option and that's who i'm going with Okay, okay, okay. You know what it is for me? I got to go with my boy and your boy, Cameo Ross Colton. Let's go. Okay, it's time, baby. Just keep that power play one, buddy, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'll definitely be something to watch there and definitely a little bit of what makes him volatile for sure. But um, yeah, love the pick. Can't hate the pick when it's Ross Colton. All right. We have made it to the end of our show sheet, Blake. If you've made it this far along with us, you should definitely give us a quick like and subscribe. That would make our days. Blake will smile endlessly if you do so. So make Blake's day for me, would you? And if you're listening on audio, if you could take a second and leave us a rating and or review. We got another review here. It says, better than Ernest goes to camp. This is from Will William Bill. Keep up all the great work, boys. I'm here for it all. From Nick and Blake's weekly streams, fantasy projections, and and analytics, and oven mitts to 80s references. 
I, apparently my name has been changed, but we, no, re- no. we appreciate Buddy, the... No, he, didn't you know we have a new guy? His name's Nick. He's awesome. Yeah, he's a oh, really, he really good podcaster. I don't know. You've... Like we we got a lot of chemistry. Like I'm having some you know mixed feelings here, but you know I'll stick with you for now, Nate. But uh, Nick is you know he's he's coming up behind Giggity. Oh God, I wish I didn't say that, but let's move on. All right, yeah. Just to finish out here, it says most importantly, shout out to my boy the Coiler. Thanks for all that you guys do. All right, thank you for that. We do appreciate each and every one of the reviews that we get, and we try to read out every single one here on the pod. But that is going to be all we've got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Statric, which is a terrific free resource. Many thanks to the band there there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. That's it, folks. Much love.